Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you guys today. And then, as always, we have Joe Kaleo from Kaleo Wealth Management Group and UBS joining us here in just a moment. We're going to be diving into another wealth management-related discussion. That's what we tackle here on the show. And for today, we've got a really unique topic that's dialed up. It's one that Joe and I really haven't covered in past episodes yet and, you know, hope it provides a lot of value to you and yours out there. Let's get into it. Let me frame things up before we bring Joe on. So many business owners are always looking to motivate their employees, right? And generate better results along the way and maybe save themselves some taxes along the way. So today, Joe and I are going to be looking at a specific tool that can potentially do both for your business. It's a retirement plan and succession tool called an employee stock option plan or an ESOP. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Joe. Let's unpack what an ESOP is and how it can be utilized. So Joe, it's good to see you today. How are you doing? Ryan, doing great. Great to see you. Glad to have this topic on board. Yeah, absolutely. It's one that, again, we haven't gone down this avenue yet on the show, but it is a worthwhile conversation to certainly have. So, Joe, let's, you know, we're talking about ESOPs here today or that employee stock option plan. Why would you say this type of retirement plan um, is one that more business owners should be knowing about, thinking about these days? Yeah, I think, Ryan, and it's ironic because I've had a couple of conversations with business owners just in the last couple of months on ESOPs, ironically. And it, it's some that, entrepreneurs ought to consider, right? Obviously, there are lots of business owners who care deeply about their employees and see them as an instrumental part of their company's success, right? And if that describes you, an ESOP is a way that you can potentially encourage employees to generate better results for the business and then include them in the succession plan and save a bundle in taxes all at the same time. And Ryan, there are three big reasons I can think of that business owners ought to consider or think about ESOPs as an entrepreneur and what they want to do. I mean, ESOPs want to have the potential to help business owners cut their income tax and capital gains tax bills. So that's one. That's a big one. Two, it can motivate, and studies have shown, help to motivate employees, enhance the company's success, and ultimately bottom line. And then three, effectively transfer ownership of the business when it's time for the owner to move on. All right. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of value there in utilizing the ESOP, but I want to get into each one of those, Joe. But before we do that, I, let's stay high level here. Give us the big picture, uh, you know, that overview of really just how an ESOP works in the first place. Yeah, an ESOP is a tax qualified retirement plan. It enables employees to acquire some or all of the company stock and it comes over a period of time. And then as a result, employees become owners of the company, either partially or entirely, and that company is then employee-owned. To set up an ESOP, though, the company has to establish an employee stock ownership trust. And annually, contributions as cash or company stock are directed to it. So because an ESOP essentially is a retirement plan, con contributions of cash or stock are then tax deductible. And employees don't have to pay tax on those shares until they start receiving distributions, which is great. That's delayed a long time. You get a lot of tax deferred growth. So employees have accounts within the ESOP. The shares are allocated to these accounts and the contributions build up over time with the amount of stock each person receives, usually varying based upon factors such as salary, years of service, and job title. 
Well, when vested employees then leave or retire from the company, the company then has to offer to buy those shares back from them at the most recent determined share value, which is usually done about once a year. Distributions then can come in a lump sum or in installment payments, depending upon that ESOP's design. Alrighty, so definitely a lot of value there, you know, for the employees as well as the entrepreneur or business owner, Joe. Uh, you know, but there's also so many other employee benefit plans out there that exist. Could you maybe sum up a few of the key ways that an ESOP differs from some of those other benefit plans that are out there? Yeah, they are unique in some ways, Ryan, ironically, to determine or differ, right? ESOPs are the only type of plan allowed to invest primarily in the stock of the employer that sets up the plan. So that's important. ESOPs can borrow money on the employer credit to then buy the owner's shares. So the company then makes contributions, which are also tax deductible to the plan. And that then serves to repay the loan. And this can help the company use an ESOP as kind of a corporate finance tool. And then unlike a plan, say, as a 401k, employees don't use payroll deductions or their own contributions to buy the stock. So it's very company driven. Right. And staying in that same vein of being company dri driven, let's look at the business owner specifically here, Joe. What, what can you tell us about the advantages that an ESOP brings specifically for the business owners themselves? Yeah, ESOPs have the potential to provide companies and their owners impressive breaks on income taxes and capital gains, which we talked about right at the beginning, right? So let's break some of this down. There are deductible ESOP contributions. So that annual cash contribution to the ESOP, generally tax deductible up to 25% of covered payroll, which also includes the employer contributions to other defined contribution plans. So you've got to look at the picture as a whole. Second, deductible principal and interest payments. So an ESOP, for example, provides the unique ability to borrow money to buy those shares. Well, if an ESOP does so, the business's contribution to the trust that pay back the loan are also tax deductible. Notice I keep saying tax deductible, tax deductible. Well, that means you can fund both the principal and interest payments on an ESOP's, ESOP's debt obligation with pre-tax dollars. Third, tax-free income. So ESOPs in some cases pay no federal income taxes at all. For example, if you have an S corporation and 100% of its stock is owned by the ESOP, the corporation's income passes through to the ESOP. Since the ESOP is a tax-exempt retirement plan, it won't pay any federal income taxes. By avoiding any type of tax obligation on the company's income, you potentially free up lots of cash for other purposes. So that's big. And then finally, you defer the capital gains tax. So if you own a C corporation and sell at least 30% of your stock to the ESOP, you can defer capital gains tax on the profit. To do so, you must elect a section 1042 exchange and reinvest the stock sale proceeds in qualified replacement securities, which can include publicly traded stocks and bonds. That means you won't be hit with a gain until you sell those replacement securities. Man, I mean, an array of different benefits there for the business owners. Let's look inward now into the business itself. Joe, what can you tell us about the, the benefits of utilizing an ESOP for the business as an entity specifically? 
Yeah, think about this for a second, Ryan. Imagine giving employees a stake in your company and you may potentially significantly boost their motivation to do what's best for the business every step of the way. In a recent study by Rutgers University found that ESOPs appear to increase sales and sales per employee by more than 2% per year over what would have been expected without an ESOP. So suffice to say, it, it flows through to the bottom line, right? Because they know that they're then involved in the profitability of the company. Also having an ESOP gives ownership interest to employees who can and potentially help you recruit and retain top talent. And isn't that important in today's job market, right? With unemployment as low as it's been. So employees pay income tax on stock put into their ESOP accounts until they take distributions. Well, typically, that's not until they leave the company or retire. If they take distributions to age 59 and a half because it's a defined contribution plan, they generally have to pay a 10% penalty in addition to the income tax if it loses that tax deferred wrapper. But they can roll it into an IRA or another qualified plan and continue that tax deferral. Okay, and I want to shift now to the other item that you mentioned earlier, Joe, the idea of succession planning and that transfer of ownership of a company. I want to get into this because we've had a lot of conversations on the show about succession planning, how important it is for those businesses out there. How does an ESOP really facilitate that, you know, that business succession overall? Yeah, so we've talked about there are eight ways to transition out of a business four internally, four externally. ESOP is one of those four internal transitions generally inside the business, right? Given an ESOP's ability to help the selling shareholders defer or even avoid capital gains taxes, it shouldn't come to a surprise that there are many important parts then of the entrepreneur's succession planning efforts. There are roughly 6,500 ESOPs in the US today. And there's a special center for just ESOPs in this country. So that's important, right? That said, there are other reasons ESOPs make for a good succession vehicle. Selling an ESOP can potentially lead to a smoother, less volatile transition as compared to, say, selling to strategic buyers. Employee retention, for example, may be more stable when the staff themselves are then taking over. An employee sale might also reduce the amount of pre-sale preparation you need to do in advance of the transition. So there are lots of intangible reasons to go the ESOP route. I mean, take, for example, some entrepreneurs want to be assured that their businesses will pass on to the people they know and trust and in whom they've instilled all these great business values of success. Well, these and similar goals may just be just as important, if not more important than getting the absolute maximum sale price. Joe, I mean, you've outlined so many different pieces of beneficial information tied to the ESOP, but I want to twist our attention back now to the entrepreneurs out there, the business owners, those that might be you know watching and tuning in today. How could somebody out there, an entrepreneur, decide, you know, could they ask themselves questions? Could they search internally to think about different things? How could they ultimately decide whether or not they should be considering an ESOP for their given company and, and so on? That's an important question to ask, Ryan, because as powerful as these benefits may be, that doesn't mean every company is an ideal candidate for an ESOP. So you want to assess your goals and your situation, and that's both personally and as a business owner. 
I mean, you have to determine, should you even consider an ESOP? Some, but not all, fit some of the goals or factors to consider. Your personal goals. A crucial issue to weigh is whether you want to sell your business to your employees in the first place. If you conclude that the employees shouldn't take the reins someday, then an ESOP's probably not right. Your company's size and financial picture. So the size and revenue of your business must outweigh the cost of setting up an ESOP. Liquidity is one that's important. If the value of your company stock rises significantly, it is possible that the ESOP won't have enough money to repurchase the stock when the employees retire, which could put a significant financial strain on the company. Succession planning timeline. So it's generally recommended that transitioning ownership via an ESOP be done over a period of five or maybe even 10 years. Now, if that sounds too long to you and you wanna get out quicker, an outright sale to a third party will likely be much faster and enable you to cash out a lot quicker. And then finally, the business structure. In general, ESOPs can only be set up in a C or S corporation, not partnerships or professional corporations. Roger that, Joe. And, and I mean, we talk about this on this show all the time, and that's taking action. You know, that first step forward can always be a daunting one when we're dealing with complicated financial issues for your life or your business. But for those entrepreneurs, Joe, out there that are, are interested in exploring the idea of an ESOP and whether or not it would work for their business and themselves, what would you say is, is the good, you know, the best first step into this, this conversation? Yeah, I think if an ESOP sounds intriguing or you want to consider what that looks like, consider getting involved with us and we can engage an ESOP professional who we have on our team who can then conduct a feasibility study to see if that type of plan and transaction might look like your specific business and if it fits. And if you discover that it is a good fit for an ESOP, we could look in it deeper, engage the proper investment bankers, or just consider what are the, the other alternatives to exit the business would be proper and just. So Joe, what would be the best way that somebody out there interested in opening up that dialogue with your team, what would be the best way they could get in touch with you? Yeah, look at us, kaleowealthmanagement.com or give us a phone call. We're happy to sit down, have an appointment, just a conversation. There's no cost in conversation, Ryan, right? Um, and we're happy to have that conversation and see how we can help you. Fantastic. Well, look, hey, Joe, we've, you know, we've eaten up enough of your time. You're a busy guy. You've got clients to serve. We'll let you get back to doing that. But I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to jump into this topic of ESOPs and uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one. Ryan, great to see you as always. Alrighty, fantastic, Joe. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, and thank you guys, that's our audience, for being out there uh, enjoying today's episode. If you took anything away from it, you benefited from today's conversation in any way, do us a favor, subscribe to the show, whichever platform that you checked us out on today, and then, of course, share this information with any friends, family, business owners, anybody that would benefit from these types of conversations. And I've said it once, I'll continue to say it, we're taking the same strategies, the solutions, the conversations, really, that Joe is just having with his team and his clients at the Cleo Wealth Management Group. And we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. So by subscribing to the show, you'll never miss out on a future episode. So for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Your Money and a Cup of Joe.
This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.